1: How we doing, everyone? And welcome back to part two of the first ever episode of the New England Championship rewrap. Jump back in our time machine as we rejoin the 2001 New England Patriots in their improbable championship season. When we had last left off, we have just wrapped up the, the AFC Championship game victory versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, Drew Bledsoe's heroics, and officially crowned him Mr. Patriot. Now, it's the moment we've all been waiting for, Super Bowl thirty six.
2: Let me yeah. talk real quick about how the Patriots received the Lamar Hunt trophy on Heinz Field? At it's the, a beautiful like, thing. At, at the middle of Heinz Field, <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Steelers are already in the locker room. The stadium is empty. All you can see are yellow seats and the Patriots are lifting the Lamar Hunt trophy, going to New Orleans to play who we eventually would find out would be the St. Louis Rams. I, I mean, it just blows my mind looking back on it again, that, that's that's what happened. You beat the Raiders. Now you beat the Steelers. You're about to go against the the best team, the the greatest show on turf, the best team in the NFL in the Super Bowl, the way the way it should be.
1: Right. And and before we get into the Super Bowl, I do kind of want to touch on Rams coming into the NFC championship game. They struggle. They beat the Eagles twenty-nine to twenty-four. It's a great game. Uh and it, it kinda showed those holes in the armor for that greatest show on turf, showed us that we actually can beat this Rams team who we played great against back in week 10.
2: Well, this is the greatest thing about this is this, this was great film for Bill Belichick. Like that's what Mm -hmm. this, this was incredible film for this team. Uh, I mean, you look at an Eagles team that was uh, coached his quarterback, Donovan McNabb, his Mm -hmm. his running back is Deuce Staley. I mean, we're looking at a Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that stack. We're looking at a stack. fast team, like a fast yeah, team. Yeah. The Patriots were not a fast offense. The Patriots, I mean, you look at Brian the – Brian Westbrook. Corps, Brian Westbrook, you look at their, 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 their core in 2001, that's the Patriots core. I mean, Tom Brady couldn't move. I mean, you had some good running backs, but we weren't fast. We weren't going <laughs> to blow anybody out of the water. The
0: 1980s NFL, a typical team. That, that's sure. how they won.
2: Absolutely. With defense and a a, uh, kill you by watching paint dry kind of offense. So that was their style. And the – the Eagles were not that kind of team. The Eagles were the complete opposite. I mean, they had a fast team. They had a mobile quarterback. I mean, they had a great offense, too. They weren't quite the Rams, as we find out. But you're right, Bobby. I mean, this is where the holes in the Rams' armor was found. Where mm-hmm. can you beat them? Because you're going to find them when they're playing a fast team. And that's what that's what they did. So, I mean, I look back at this Eagles team. This <laughs> That Eagles team was – man, were they good. I mean, they are good.
1: That was. They went to four. championship games four four, year, four, yeah. four years yeah. in a row following that. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And, and I mean, what what yeah, amazes phenomenal. me here is, I mean, you, you you talk about the greatest show on turf, <laughs> and at that time. The offense in the NFL was great. Yeah, offense was awesome, but defense was king. I mean, de- defense is how championships were won back then. It's not. It's not the same anymore. But I mean, the the Ravens. Um, you know, the the Rams even had a good defense in 1999 when they won the Super Bowl. But uh, I mean, now we're looking at a great offensive team coming in. And what did the Patriots do well? What What did we do well? I mean, sure, we scored points. Um, we killed you. Killed you with kindness, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of better term. And the defense was good, but this again—I I said it once already—but this film is exactly what Bill Belichick
1: needed to figure out how to beat the Rams. And he figured it out, didn't he? He I don't sure know. did. Did
2: he? Let's find out.
1: <laughs> All right, so we'll go on to the Super Bowl here. Uh, so, first story that I want to talk about in the Super Bowl: uh, a the, the first thing that sticks out to me is how cool and collected Tom Brady was. Um, Coming into this game, so the talk coming into this game after the AFC Championship game where Drew Bledsoe led us was, who's it going to be? Drew or Tom? Drew or Tom? Drew or Tom? Bill chose tom because guess what that's how they got there
2: yeah i remember that press conference i mean and that's exactly what he did because everybody questioned him after pittsburgh and said (laughs) what are you gonna do i mean drew bledsoe basically came in and won you that game are you gonna go to tom are you gonna stick with drew because that's what it was at that point because drew bledsoe should have been the starter right because brady still hobbled on that knee thank goodness there was two weeks off but you're right it was
1: tom and that, that was the whole talk. And, and almost as if he, he proved Belichick right before even going into the game. This dude was so confident and so ready for this game that he took a damn nap in the locker room. And not only that, he didn't even realize he fell asleep. That's how calm and collected this dude was. Where he blinked, and all of a sudden it was 20 minutes later. And he's like, oh damn i gotta i gotta go play in the super bowl like and we heard does about that? that
2: in the stands like we, we had people listening to the radios like i listened to the radio feed because that's kind of what they gave out as one of the gifts in the stadium so you're listening to this and you're like D-. it's kind of mixed emotions in a way because half the stadium half the patriots fans are like oh man our quarterback just fell asleep before the biggest game of his life and the mm-hmm. other half is like dude this guy is so ready to go that he's exactly.
1: taking naps, like. That's, that's how I felt at the time. When I heard he took that nap, I was, I was like, dude, let's go, in. let's go. And then, as if the, that wasn't enough of a let's go moment, introductions happened. Now, coming up to oh. this, the Super Bowl introductions for my childhood were, were, were some of the coolest memories ever. Seeing everyone get introduced player by player. You know what I mean? It was so cool, because it was the beginning of the Super Bowl. No one even knew about what was about to happen all of a sudden
2: introduced as a team please Mm -hmm. welcome the afc champions the new england patriots
1: and at that moment this was just different this was going to be a different game this was a different team this was a team that had an aura about them that we've never seen before And, and they they not only did this they went against the nfl protocols and wishes And I I don't know if it's a fact, but I heard they even got fined for doing this. They did, but they started a trend. Right. And now ever since, that's what it's been. Yeah. But at that moment, that's again another, oh, my God, we're going to do this. We're actually going to win the Super Bowl.
2: That was a, a speak softly, carry a big stick moment because I yep. remember turning to my father and putting my hands on his shoulders like this is over, like we got this, like this, we're, this is done, like it's it's over because it was after the Rams had been introduced individually, and that was kind of the the right. best one was that it was it was a, a kind of an fu moment to Mike Martz and the Rams like all right buddy here you go I mean because they were already booking their, their flights off to, you know, wherever the heck they were going to go. They, they had already booked their parade. I mean, they had already scheduled it in St. Louis. I wouldn't <laughs> – jokes on you guys, fast forward 20 years. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they were – they scheduled all that. They were – it was the same thing as, as Pittsburgh. They were ready to go, man.
0: This was also the moment, like, again, like you guys just said, but it's – this is – there's not one player on this team that is more important than the team. Like, if, 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 it, if it's not jolted into your head as a Patriots fan now –
1: like this is where that it was it. that was it. This yeah, which I never
2: understand how that that mo didn't catch on with more coaches and more teams and more sports. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really never understand how that didn't catch on because it clearly worked, and it, we've seen so many times. Uh, whether it, even on the Patriots, we've seen it so many times where somebody thinks they're bigger than the team, and. That's where things fall apart. Teams, right. teams don't haven't won in the entirety of people's history with the team because of uh, of their their uh, ego. I, I never understood that.
1: A little lighthearted moment I want to toss in before we get into the actual game in the tunnel before the game. One of the funniest clips I've ever yes, seen is, is Tom Brady headbutting the absolute crap out of Drew Bledsoe five straight times just going I told you I was gonna get you here I told you I was gonna first of all hilarious second of all kind of a dick move I don't think, right? so. Kind I know, of I don't think so so so, so. so, yeah. so no, 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 no so so if you think about it right so Drew Bledsoe just got them in the AFC championship game Drew Bledsoe wanted to start that Super Bowl he thought that he, he was one of the main reasons they got there because that AFC championship game, you, you, there's interviews where they ask him, are you mad? You're not starting in the super bowl. And he flat out says, yeah, I really want to start this game. However, you know, it's about the team that he went into the Patriot, the Patriot spiel that we all know and love at that moment. If I was Bledsoe, I'd be like, "Bro, I want to play too." What you do you
2: mean? But, you, but in that moment, you can't, and that's why. That's why mm-hmm. it's one of those moments in time in mm-hmm. all of our lives where emotion takes over. And Tom Brady was a—he uh, was a kid. I yeah. mean, think about think. We we all have whether it's kids or nieces and nephews or, or little cousins or whatever it is, and you think about. Think about how they handle situations where they get excited. And that is kind of what it was between Bledsoe and Brady. It was just him getting excited. And it might have been a, a dick move, and it might have been something, you know. But I think what he was saying is when Drew Bledsoe got smoked by Mo Lewis, I mean, Brady was his understudy. Brady was under mm-hmm. his wing. And I think what he means like about that is, man, I, I told you back in week X that I would get you here. And now we're here and I'm fired the F up. Let's go win this game. I think that's where it stems from. I don't think it was at that point where it was like, you know, I told you two days ago, I would get you here. Like, that's, that's not, that's not what it was by, by any means. I also
0: think that like, I think you as a quarterback, your, your nature is to try and put the spotlight on yourself. Right. And say like, yeah, of course I want to play this game. But I think, I think uh, Bledsoe had already bought into the Patriot way because yeah. he because he wanted to play. But I've, I've scoured the internet for reports. He never went to Bill and advocated for him to play. No. He knew that Bill was going to make whatever decision he needed to make, and it was, he was just going to play his role in it. And like if you in that clip, if you watch it, Bledsoe's slapping the hell out of brain, yeah. Out of I was just gonna that, yeah. like yep. like he's ha- like he's ha- he's smiling. Maybe that was yeah.
2: retaliation.
3: Like I don't, I don't think it was. Um... You know, I don't. I don't think it was a jerk whoop, I am or as you said, like a dick move. Like it's just, it's just like that, that bravado. Like, look, like we, we were the quarterback of this team. You know, one of our one of our guys went down. I was in the I was in to pick you up. I fell down. You were in to pick me up.
1: Yep. It's
3: time. It's time. February third, two thousand two. It's it's our time. It's our night. Let's let's
2: bring it home. There, there maybe at the time, maybe Tom Brady was being a dick. And maybe Drew Bledsoe took it that way. It, it, I mean, it's it's possible that one of them was thinking that way. Like it, it is, but I I mean, this is our opinions twenty years later. But that you're right. That was one of the greatest moments, and before, I have more moments. So the first one is now. My father and I drove to to New Orleans. We stayed in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a hundred miles Jesus. away from New Orleans. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the home. Of Brett Very far. far. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, it was awesome. So. Give me a picture here, man. I mean, I don't know if any of you have been to New Orleans. It's an amazing place, isn't it? Like Mm -hmm. when you, you drive, you drive into New Orleans and you're driving on, on I-10 and all you see is high rises and you take this one bend on the highway and all of a sudden you see this giant cement Mm dome and it is, it is magical. Like it really is Mm -hmm. magical. And so we pull into New Orleans. We're about, three or four blocks from the stadium. And we pull up in front of this pawn shop and there's these two guys sitting outside, Michael and Marshall, and I'll never forget their names. And I'll never forget who they were. My, Michael had this, he had this curly scraggly uh, hairdo. He had uh, he had a, a polo shirt on and uh, Marshall uh, was this big dude just sitting in a chair had a black shirt with embroidered gold with gold embroidered playing cards on, on his, on his shirt. And, and it was, we pulled in and uh, they come over and, and my father looks at him and goes, how much? Uh, and he goes, you guys come up for the game? And we said, yep. He goes, five bucks to park for the super bowl, $5. And my dad goes, are you kidding me? And Michael looks at him and goes, why is that too much? He goes, no, man, in Foxborough, we pay $30 a game. He goes, ah, oh, no, forget that. He goes, five bucks, and I'll even watch it extra for you. We'll be here when you come out from the game. We'll be here all day. We'll watch your truck for you. Sweet. Day goes on. We go to the NFL experience. We come back, and there's a camper park next to us. The guys aren't there at the time, but they come back about five minutes later, and we find out that they're from the surrounding towns from where Craig and I are from, and the guy is like the manager of a hotel in the town, and um, – so we start catching on with them and we were parked right across the street from St. Joseph's church in new Orleans, beautiful church. And, um, at one point, one of the fathers is walking up the front steps to the church and one of the guys that we were parked next to in the camper, who's three sheets to the wind, but at 13 years old, I didn't know it. He goes, uh, he just yells at him and he goes, father, say a prayer for our boys today. He turns around, opens his robe and he's wearing a lawyer Malloy Jersey closes it, turns around, and walks up the stairs and walks into the church. The the moments in this game were just absolutely incredible. And the last one I'll share before we get into the game uh, was we're walking up to the stadium to go in. Again, I'm 13 years old, but I had a beard at that time and looked like I was 18. So we're walking up to the stadium, and there's a beer vendor there, older guy, and he he looks at my father. My dad says, yeah, we'll we'll grab a beer. He looks at my dad. He looks at me. He looks back at my father and goes – Two? <laughs> no, that no, was like no. He's got about seven years left, and uh, and and that was those were three of the. It's it just the the moments in this place uh, were just it was just incredible. And for anybody listening, or you guys, whether it's the team you root for or not, go to a Super Bowl. Just go to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's an ama- It's it's unlike anything. I mean, I've been to World Series games. Uh, I I've been next to, year. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been to World Series games. They don't, they don't even compare to the Super Bowl. Nothing does.
1: So that's my that, uh, that two things. I completely, I, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. Uh, if there's one sporting event in my life that I, I, it's on my bucket list, it's going to the Super Bowl. Uh, so much so that Katie has promised me that if the Cowboys ever make the Super Bowl, now I know that that is a pretty big if, um, we're going. And there's and there's no doubts about that. Uh, we're gonna figure it out because of exactly what you just said, and especially you know, kind of be relatable to exactly what we're talking about now. Where a team, this team, had no chance to go to the Super Bowl, and here they were. Here you were in New Orleans, ready for the biggest game that you've ever watched, ever experienced, <clears throat> they've ever played in, and ever experienced in their entire lives. Uh, and and. Honestly, it didn't start out that great. From from kickoff, if I remember correctly, Yo Murphy takes that ball back to about the Patriots forty yard line on the opening kick. And that kinda kinda gave me a feeling right at the beginning of like, oh Lord, here we go. Like it took away all those first that first ten minutes of them being introduced, everything that happened with Brady. Yo Murphy returns that. And I feel like in my opinion, that momentum got sucked out of the building. Now, I don't know if that's how it felt. In person,
2: it started right there. You're absolutely right. He brought it back to the Patriots' 40-yard line, but at the same time, that drive ended in a Jeff Wilkins 50-yard field goal. So the Patriots' mm-hmm. defense did hold them there, and that's and that's where we uh, where we go. And and I mean, things change a little bit there. And I'm kind of looking at this right now and thinking, I I wish I was old enough to bet on this game. Not only was the line minus 14 for the Rams, but it, the over/under was 52 and a half. Um, yeah. Damn. That would have been that would have been a great game to uh, to bet on, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, it was definitely momentum because you're right. It was like, damn, the, the Rams. I mean, from the go, like they were ready. Like they're not as embarrassed as we may maybe thought they were as when we came out as a team. Mike Martz corrected the ship, but luckily it was only three nothing. But it only took three minutes.
1: Right, and then from there, um, that was that was the last points the Rams did score uh, until the second half, uh, because what we talked about in length before we got into this game, that game plan and that scheme that Bill Belichick made was a completely different from that Week Ten game where uh, you know he 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 didn't necessarily go after Warner. He let the cornerbacks that he had, those physical great cornerbacks, do most of the work on those wide receivers. Now, I'll never forget seeing the Patriots on every single play, jamming those wide receivers and not letting them get into any of their routes. They took the speed away from the Rams unlike any team ever had. Just to your point, Bobby,
0: Instead of going after uh, Kurt Warner, they went after Marshall Fogg. Uh, Marshall Fogg, for that game, had, like, I think 17 attempts for, like, 76 yards. That is and one it, of the greatest running backs of all time mm-hmm. in, in one of the most high-profile situations. And they completely – Bill knew that the offense didn't really run through Kurt.
1: It ran through Marshall Fogg. And that will right. come back to bite them later, which oh, which hey. we'll get to.
3: That's, that's kind of where – that's the beginning of where we saw the blueprint for how – ability to led defense is so he's he's not going he's going to take away your best option or maybe your best two options right so you know he, he knew coming in you can't maybe take away Holt, Bruce, Pro, Isaiah Hakeem but if you take away 28 who's the focal point like he he makes them go if we minimize his impact in the game then we have a legitimate shot to win the game um, so when doing that, it was like, okay, cool. Uh, we we minimized um, Marshall's impact. Now we just we live with uh, what we do on the outside. The rules were really changed because of how the Patriots were jamming uh, quarterbacks. I mean, Ty Law was brutal. Otis Smith was brutal. uh to Bucky Jones, um, Ronnie Harrison, when he got there, like they, they really changed the rules because of how – physical those the corners were um, because they wanted more of a, of a fruit-flowing game. But, you know, the they, thank God it wasn't the game. Exactly.
0: Antoine yeah. Smith outrushed mm-hmm. Marshall Falk. Said, just let that and, second, and, and,
3: and, 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 only and game again. And, and that wasn't Buffalo Bill Antoine Smith either, you know. I mean, he, he no. had some good years there. But he, he wasn't that guy. I think he had like a 11, eleven fifty. 1,157 yards for us, I think. Remember it was saying, 11,
1: but, I think it was 11 30, 30 something Yeah, but. E- either way, it was a
3: 1,000-yard rusher, but he wasn't that guy when knowing that he was in Buffalo, obviously. So, um, you know, for that to happen, like like you said, Mike, that speaks volumes. Um, and let's say, you know, uh, <laughs> thank God we were able to minimize uh, the impact that Marshall had on that game.
2: So one correction I want to make to our, our first half is that that uh, kick return by Yo Murphy actually ended in a punt. <laughs> And the Rams scored on their second drive. But it's actually interesting because that brings me brings us to a good point going literally off of what Rayshawn just said, is that in the first half, actually Rayshawn and Mike just said, in the first half, these are the drives for the St. Louis Rams. Punt, field goal, missed field goal, interception, we'll pick six, <laughs> fumble, end of half. I mean, you're, you guys are absolutely right. Bill Belichick figured it out and knew exactly what to do. Now Mike Martz makes some changes, but – and I'm, I'm pretty sure on that Kurt Warner fumble, he was out. Like, he was oh, knocked yeah. Out. Oh, they yeah. They knocked him out. They knocked yeah.
0: him
1: out. I'm yeah, pretty sure out. they knocked him out. <laughs> yeah. I forget, I forget which coach was saying it. Wasn't that uh, Pepper Johnson yeah. on the sideline, right? They knocked him out. But you get, you get to that. So, that first half was the story of the Patriots against the Rams that season. You remember that first game? They turned Kurt Warner over three times in the first half, all right? So, all right, so we get back to – you know us pressuring us not blitzing warner all game until one play we throw a blitz for the first time all game willie mcginnis coming off like a bat out of hell off the right side of that line forces the first score for the patriots in the 2001 super bowl a tie law Interception for a touchdown—that is probably the most photogenic and most amazing pick six I've ever seen in my entire life.
2: Running yeah. down the sideline, just, just hand in the air, just and the I, one, and me, me and my book. You can, see, the you can see his face. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's, grand, it's, yep. it's it's one of the greatest moments <laughs> in Super. I mean, in New England Patriots Super Bowl history, no, and that's what. No, and that overall. And, and this is, and this is a, you're right overall. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is one of those things, one of those points where I really want to drive home to those that are listening to the older fans that have been around since the seventies, the eighties, the sixties. I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this, I, I hope, I hope my father listens to this and, and gets to run through this season in this game with us again. Like this is where it literally all started. So if you're a 16-year-old Patriots fan, if you're a 20-year-old Patriots fan, if you're a 30-year-old Patriots fan that didn't start following until, you know, Tom Brady was elite, this is where this literally all started. And the emotion in our voices, even Bobby's voice, who uh, decided to jump ship for the Midwest back uh, whatever day it was, this is literally where this started. I mean the the yep. Patriots don't have 03 04 they don't lose an 07 to the Giants they don't lose an 11 to the Giants they don't they don't uh there's no Butler interception against the the Seahawks there's no 25 point comeback there's none of that without this season right here. And that's why mm-hmm. there's so much emotion behind this season, this game, the 199th draft pick in, in 2000, a compensatory pick in the sixth round. Like if you ever wonder why some people get on fans in new England about only being a fan because of Tom Brady or jumping ship because he went to Tampa Bay. It's this season right here. Like th- this cemented everything that happened over the last 20 years. And that, that, Touchdown! You, you you heard Ray how excited Rayshon and I just got at that interception by Ty Law. I mean that is one of that the, you know what I'm going with what Sean said. That's the greatest moment in Patriots Super Bowl history. I mean mm-hmm. that that's it right there. I mean that that gave the Patriots a lead. That gave the Patriots a lead in the Super Bowl, and they had never led in a Super Bowl. They'd been to two before this, and they had never led uh-huh. in the Super Bowl. And they were up seven to three. Against the, the greatest show on turf in Whoa. Super Bowl 36, a game that the Raiders didn't think they would get to, that the Steelers didn't think they would get to, that the St. Louis Rams already had their, their, uh, their boats. Uh, their, well They don't have duck boats. Whatever the heck they drive in St. Louis, their Cutlass Supremes ready to go down Main Street, St. Louis. Like, they were ready to go. And the Patriots are up 7-3 to on, uh, on this team.
1: Right, which is kind of why you know it, it's funny that this podcast has been this long because like honestly, it makes sense that it is because this is the one that set everything up. You know, it, like we keep saying that that became a trend going forward. That became this going forward because this this was the beginning of what became the best Boston sports era ever, possibly the best sports era for any city that ever existed this specific play that set that off
2: it it may not have affected what happened for the red sox over the last 20 years or the celtics or the bruins it may not have affected any of those things all of those championships may still have happened we will never know without this game it, it doesn't start
1: I think it did affect those teams because it set up a mindset that was different among Boston sports, Boston sports up until this point was the losers. We were the Chicago, we were Cleveland. We were the losers of the country. We were known for blowing games. That's what we did besides, besides the Celtics in the eighties. All right. But
2: But, the Celtics in the nineties, but but even, but even, yeah, but even from the late
1: eighties until this point, we were the laughing stock of the sports world. Time and time time again, we were the butt of the joke in the biggest market, right? And (laughs) this play, this season changed all of that, which is why it's just so significant, why we can't shut you know, stop this podcast short, why we have to touch on all these things because of how important this season and this championship really was. That's
2: why we have Craig.
0: Really. Can we we touch on how how the half ended? Because I think that was kind of like an ode to Drew Bledsoe. Oh, that 100%. Exact, that yes. exact same throw that happened yep. in Pittsburgh
1: from Drew to
0: David Patton. Same play. Again
1: Almost like it was – Almost like they did a recap of it because right. it was it was literally the in the same same throw it was the yep. same throw same dime same spot everything.
2: Bill loves yep. to do this. Bill loves to do this now, but he loved to do it then. If we're staying in the time capsule, Bill loved to do that, and he was not afraid to take the same play. It's like uh, it's like Herman Boone said in, in Remember the Titans. It's like Novocaine. You keep running it until it works, and that's yep. exactly what he did. And he kept running the same play because Bill has always been one not to turn his nose up at other coaches but be like i yeah he turns his nose up i can out coach you and i can i can get my guys to outplay your guys no matter who they are mm-hmm. yep. right. but you're absolutely right i mean right. the patriots score um with 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 31 seconds left uh in the second half um and, and they're up 14 to three on the st louis rams at halftime amazing
0: and, and not a bad stat line. Uh, David Patton had one catch for eight yards, and one touchdown. Bowl. and it was arguably the second greatest catch of his career, but yep. probably the most important catch
1: of his career. Absolutely, right. yeah,
0: abs- abs- yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I mean, I,
3: like because they because St. Louis was able to score so much, I was like, dog, like fourteen is not going to cut it. Like I, I just kept saying that. I'm like, fourteen is not going to cut it. Like unless we find like another, we get like another pitch six from somebody, like fourteen will not cut it against his team. Like, I feel, I feel like Marshall's going to get loose. Somebody's going to get gonna get behind the defense, um, and they're going to end up scoring at some point, which they end up doing it later on. But, um, yeah, I, I, my, my heart was still, like, through my chest. It wasn't over. So, it wasn't yeah, a, because at yeah, that point at it
2: was never over until the clock hit zeroes. <laughs> right, Just
0: exactly. Just remember what Ricky Prohl said that night. Tonight, a dynasty starts.
1: I do that's remember. It's a direct quote. Yeah. Well, in 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 the thing, he, found, about he found
3: out two years later too.
1: But I <laughs> enough. And and uh, so and also to think about another great soundbite from Pepper Johnson after that Ty Law interception. What is he saying to that defense as it comes off the field? Get your rests. Get your rest. Get your rest because everyone knew everyone knew in America that these Rams weren't going quietly Pepper yep.
2: Johnson's so good like that he really was is, he's so good like he just he knew what to say at the right time I mean yeah that, that coaching staff and I, I know we're only at halftime but man that coaching staff that bill assembled I mean you got you got one of the the best defensive coordinators in the history of the game in Romeo Cornell kind of a Cruddy head coach, but I mean, the guy's still around. He's still doing it. Uh, you, I mean, you got Charlie Weiss on the offensive side, Pepper Johnson, Bill Belichick. I mean, man, that, that coaching staff was ridiculous.
1: hmm We go to the halftime. A, hey, one of the best halftime shows that have ever that. happened in Super Bowl history. Uh, I know I know, we're way over, but, Joe, I got to know, man. I, I've never, I've never talked to anyone who saw that thing in person, never in my entire life. And I don't think we've ever talked about this, to be honest. That was what was it like?
2: It it set the stage literally for what every halftime show has been since then. I mean, you had some great halftime shows before that, right? We had Michael Jackson. I mean, th- there's been some great halftime shows prior to that Super Bowl, but you two was the biggest thing at the time in music. Uh, mm-hmm. They weren't even an American band, but they came out and they they blew the they blew the roof off the Superdome. For lack of a better term, I mean they really did. Um, they 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 knew exactly what they were doing and what they needed to do at that time um, as a as a musical artist doing the Super Bowl, and it really was just um, absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. I just, could
1: I I couldn't imagine how emotional that building must have been. There, so, there couldn't have been let, a, let me let me ask a dry you, eye man. in the stands.
3: This is uh, this is totally corny, totally cheesy, but I have to ask this. So, can you say it was a beautiful day? Ha! Hey! <laughs> you know? because It ended up being him, a bloody <laughs> Sunday, wait, too. Cause, okay. Yeah, but
0: the Patriots,
3: because <laughs> the Patriots, because the, patrons, the patrons, they had <laughs> let it uh, <them> get away.
1: <laughs> guys, guys that, that was, that was, that was great. That's that was like, three, three straight <laughs> YouTube puns, which is something I never thought would happen on the SNSW podcast. Now actually, I have heard of it. On the first episode.
3: What do you expect before White Guys? <laughs>
0: Five. <laughs> Five. Also, like I, I, I can't imagine what it was like not only to hear them but, but to see the names of all of those that were lost oh, yeah. on 9-11. Yeah. Right. Just going up and down that screen like again, nine eleven was a big, was a big thing not, not only for the country obviously but in sports that year and for the Patriots in particular Like it, it, it just felt like everything was going in the direction of the, under, of the underdog of the red, white, and blue winning. Um, And, but I I do just want to give a shout out to the St. Louis Rams because typically when when you, when you, when you hear of a team that is so offensively focused, when they're down two scores, they quit. This team didn't. Like they actually had, they actually had grit and they fought back.
2: Well, I, I mean, it was a time in football where teams didn't – it was just such a different time. Like, it really was. And it's amazing to think about it like that, how much the game has evolved uh, and changed. I mean, it may have devolved in, in some areas, but the way the game has changed – and, I mean, just to, to wrap up the halftime show, I mean, I, I not that I forgot, but that's a detail that it's like it, it, the stage – the, the American flag, the, the names, I, I mean, and you, you got to imagine there's people in that stadium that knew people that were affected <coughs> by, mm-hmm. killed by,
1: I mean, on the Patriots sideline, man, Joe way, and Jersey Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, way off topic, but you know, at the time my aunt was working in Manhattan and on September 11th, when we all got released from school, cause I'm sure it happened to all of you. Um, you know, I got home and I called her cause I knew she worked in Manhattan. Thankfully she worked in North Manhattan and she answered her phone, which I thought was amazing. Cause at the time it was cell phones and cell phone towers were very different. And I asked her, I asked her how she was and if she was okay. And she said, I'm drinking my coffee, watching it happen out my window. And it was just, um, powerful. Wow. and it culminates to, to the Super Bowl, And, you know, um, maybe something will happen sports related uh when what we're going through now is all over um or or gets to a point where we can have people in the stands again um but this this halftime show as my, i think Mike has said it better than any of us will be able to it's just that the the way the patriots uh handled themselves all season and and how this uh, lent itself to what the country needed at the time. It was very healing. Um, it was. And not saying that as a Patriots fan, saying that as a fan of sports, we needed something to bring us together because there were so many people dealing with things um, that were an, a nightmare that I would never want to deal with. I mean, Joe Andrews, his three brothers were New York firefighters. They saw things um, that I would never wish to see or wish on my worst enemy to see. Yeah. Um, and this game, that halftime show brought everybody together. And at that point in time, the score is 14 to three. The new England Patriots are on top and it didn't matter what Jersey you were wearing in the stands. It -hmm. didn't matter who you rooted for. Uh, It didn't matter where you were from or uh, what you looked like. All that mattered was that you were an American watching the greatest game um, ever. And yeah, um, it just it was a lot of it was it, it, I know this is gonna, gonna sound weird but it was a lot of fun because it was something that everybody needed and now looking back on it when we've had other tragedies happen in our lives um, this this is still probably one of the biggest um, oh, yeah. volume wise and it was just it, it, it just um, at that point it's good that the players weren't out there because playing football after it it was kind of like ah oh, crap all right now we gotta right. get
1: and 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 that's it. it kind of set that up for that second half, where in my head, I mean, I, we were really young at this point, so like I didn't completely understand <laughs> how much of an emotional and real moment that really was. Like I'm, I'm sure if we were this age now, we saw that every single one of us would be sitting there, Like, I'm not crying. I swear to God, I'm not crying. There's a lump in my throat. I don't know. But that's the, the Patriots were affected by the tragedy more personally than any team in the NFL. Uh, like you said, Joe and Jersey, three of his brothers were in, in the towers, they were firefighters. So this kind of set up that like this really was a team of destiny, which brings us right into the second half. Um, so, the second half starts, and you can tell right from the beginning that it, it it wasn't the same feel as it did have in that in that first half. The Patriots weren't as dominant. The Rams were moving the ball a lot more efficiently. I was watching it today. Uh, Warner, um, this was before he got hit and was throwing ducks for the rest of the game. He was he had some zip on the ball at the beginning of that second half, uh, but then what looked like the clinching moment of the Patriots Super Bowl happens. They're driving, Rams are driving down the field. It looks like they're about to score to make it 14-3. Uh, if Rams score 14-10, all of a sudden, Warner rushes out to the right. He kind of looks like Drew Bledsoe on the play, funny enough, rushes out to the right, and, and the ball just pops out. It, I don't know if anyone really forced it. Uh, it, it just kind of popped out uh, to Bucky Jones, I believe, grabs the ball, Takes it all the way to the other end of the end zone, and it looks like the Patriots are about to be Super Bowl champions. And there's a flag on the play. Awful. Willie McGinnis, Willie McGinnis, one of the greatest Patriots of our lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the most known Patriots to me at this point, makes. I don't want to say they've been doing it all game, so I don't want to say it wasn't it wasn't necessary because guess what? That was their game plan. That's what they've been doing all game long is beating up Marshall Falk. Not only that, but it was the most unnecessary holding call in the history of the NFL. It was, yep. it was 15 yards away from the play. Didn't need to be called. It was. Well,
0: which is why you have to call it. Cause you don't have to do it if it's 15 yards away from the play. Like you know, that, that was such an egregious thing mm-hmm. to do. Right. Um, right. And, right. And, 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 and it was such a mental mistake for a guy that, would, uh, that Doesn't didn't make, make them mistakes, and then later on would actually be playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers by maybe faking, you know faking an injury. We'll get that. When we get into like the 2004 time capsule, but this <laughs> this guy, I mean, he, he owned it too. He said like this, that's on me. Like, don't worry. Like, and I, I the momentum did change, and even you know as uh, the game started kind of, to unfold you still never thought that the Patriots' defense was going to let it slip away. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there was an uneasy feeling because this was the greatest show on chart. These are the Patriots. This is the Boston team well, up until that point. Boston was known for getting there and just gagging on it, just choking. So, how are they going to do it this time? But I remember vividly, like, my, my my hands over my head just like this going, this can't This can't Here we happen. go. Here this can Here we, we
1: go. Right. I can't Here do we- it. That's, and that's and i couldn't agree more that moment changed everything uh
2: Vinatari kicks a 37 yard field goal with a, a buck 22 left in the third quarter but but i was just going to say this and and bobby I, if i if i can real quick this is mm-hmm. this is one of the moments for me where as mike said it didn't look like the patriots defense was going to let it slip away but as you were just going to say Bobby it kind of slips away a little bit because veterinary kicks that field goal 17-3 even at that point you're like man we got a two touchdown lead like this we're good. this is this is it man like all right so that that touchdown got called back like fine but even even that field goal at the time didn't feel right yeah it didn't feel like it it, mm-hmm. it felt it felt okay but it didn't feel like it was enough and then there's this next drive and and the rams just I mean, pound it down the Patriots. Yeah. Here. I mean, right. we're talking about a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 play drive.
1: Yeah, it was methodical. They went right I down mean, the field. It, it, it
2: was. And, and not only this, here's another great point to throw in here the Patriots called their second time out of the half during this drive. The play before the touchdown was scored. The Patriots called their second time out of the second half. We're talking about now they're only up seven, well, six after the extra point. But now they only have one timeout.
1: out. And, and, and that feeling that they weren't going to blow this completely went away to me. I, at that moment, at that moment when they called that timeout and then the Rams scored on the next play, in my head, I was like, there's no chance. There's no chance we can hold on to this game. The momentum was so far in the Rams' favor at that point that that there was just no chance this was happening. Even with Kurt Warner throwing the ugliest passes because he had no thumb left. This dude was throwing ducks around that field. I was watching, rewatching it. Every pass he threw looked like one of us trying to throw an NFL football. Somehow they still went 16 plays right down the field and picked apart this defense like it was nothing.
0: I just remember like being so pissed off when Kurt Warner like ran right up the middle and scored that touchdown, yep. two yards. Yep. I, I was like, yep. I was like, I'm like, this, this is not happening. Like, what? You can't let that guy run and score and at, to cap off that drive, like that that was why they are they were the greatest show on turf. They could pick apart any defense at any point in time that they wanted to, uh, but typically they did it for four quarters. Luckily for us, they they could only do it for one. Four, But can you imagine being uh, down 14 points uh, in the Super Bowl and, like, having the confidence that they probably did on offense saying, you know, we can can still – we still got this.
1: That goes back to another soundbite. In the America's game, I don't know who it was. It was a bench player. He didn't even have pads on. He wasn't even dressed for the game. But they keep going back to him, and he keeps going. I like our chances. I told oh, yeah. you I like our chances. We are the greatest show on turf. I like our chances. And, and that was that was the confidence that the Rams had. Because so, up until that point, no one could just stop them once they got going. So,
2: so Bobby, I'm, I'm not discounting anything you, you've said to this point or uh, changing the emotion of it, but I, I actually think this amplifies – uh, what you said about that Kurt Warner fumble that was called back on the penalty by William McGinnis. The Patriots were up 17 to three when that happened. Mm-hmm. So the Venetary field goal came first and then
1: so it would have been 24 to three.
2: And it was, it was during that 16 play drive. Um, Kurt Warner, right. end no gain tackled by Roman Pfeiffer. Kurt, Kurt, Warner fumbles forced by Roman Pfeiffer recovered by to Bucky Jones at new England three returned 97 yards for a touchdown holding William McGuinness. And then hmm. what Mike just said happens is Kurt Warner says I'll take this and it yeah. runs right up the middle yep. not touched touchdown now it's 17-10 completely different ball game it's, if, if that doesn't get called back like you said it's 24 to 3 It's over. It's ball over. game's over. That's it's it. over.
1: We're going it, home. It, it really, and and I remember so I'll never forget where I was for this uh I was with my dad at a Super Bowl party with a bunch of about 45 to 50 year olds. Right. So I'm the only 13 year old there. I have never heard more cursing in my entire life than when William McGinnis got that holding call. It was this. I can't believe it was unbelievable because exactly. He said the sales just went right out. Uh, Then. So a little bit later in the fourth quarter, uh, Rams drive right back down the field again. And, and and there was no stopping them at this point. Uh, I know the Patriots did have a couple drives in between there, Joe. You have the stats up right in front of you. But I know they had a couple drives that, that looked all right, flamed out.
2: So here's here's the problem with that next drive is the the, the Patriots uh, ended up having a punt uh, on their ensuing drive after the Kurt Warner touchdown. It's a 53-yard boot by Ken Walter. And then I, I remember this next – well, the next Ken Walter punt – Uh, but the the Rams get the ball back and they go like 12 plays and it it turns into a a Rams punt. John Baker puts it into the back of the end zone and the Patriots get the ball. And on that ensuing drive, they have to punt again. And Ken Wall, and I'll I'll never forget it, Um, because he shanks this punt. Oh, it was so bad. It was 30, so bad. A 30-yard punt. You're up seven points in the Super Bowl.
1: Might as well have and gone for it.
2: You might as well have gone for it. And you're one of the best punters in the game. He became one of the best punters in the game at the time. Uh, Shane Leckler still the best punter. That, he went,
1: was. He, that, that, was, that ended up being a microcosm of his career, though. Ken Walter went downhill. Quick. It did.
2: He punts a, a 30 yard punt that goes out of bounds to the Ram forty-five yard line. But not only that on that play, thankfully it was declined. Well, obviously it was declined by the Rams because they didn't they, they had great field position, but to Bucky Jones held on that play. And they and they declined it. And and I, I I remember it. And that's that is when that is really like the momentum turned, but at that point, that's when it was like Jesus! All right, this, this is uh, the Patriots going to be able to hold on to this, or is what Mike just said going to happen? And they're gonna they're just gonna beat up on us and ball game. Like I, I mean, they go downfield and in three plays, touchdown.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Rick uh,
2: Cole, who has one of the greatest one of the greatest quotes in the Super Bowl, that that. Bob already said tonight is the start of a dynasty.
1: So that, that Ricky Prol touchdown too, that we just touched on that, that to me was kind of a microcosm of that second half too, uh, because the Patriots have been playing fundamental football the entire season. They didn't miss tackles. They didn't do these things. They, they didn't, they didn't blow coverages like this. And on this play was probably one of the worst tackling experiences I've ever seen in my entire life. Ricky Prol jukes two Patriots, so far out of their shoes that they just left the Superdome. That dude, yeah. I, and, and, and of all people to do that to you, Ricky Prohl. And he ties up the Super Bowl.
0: And with, with that, I mean, I, I just, I, I remember John Madden coming over the, over, the, uh, over the television saying, well, you know, the field position here, like the Patriots just need to kneel it and play for overtime.
2: Yeah, the and the Patriots got the ball at their own 17. Yeah, got to play was, was, you know, Yeah, but
3: that that, that that pissed me off.
2: Me too. It's right? like you yeah, know what? Yeah. That. I'm like, like I'm
3: like John Madden. You know what? This is this is. I mean, grant, I didn't know his history at the time, but I'm like, look, we're we're not the team that was supposed to be here. We have to look cool. to win. Yeah. That's it's not it. a matter of let's not all oh, let's play it safe and let's just see if we can get to the fifty dollar. No, forget all that. Let's let's see if we can run it or we can maybe get a play downfield. I mean, Brady was was really wasn't a um, wasn't a deep threat at that time. You, you we want sometimes to throw the ball forty yards, but like can we just think and dunk to get down to maybe at least get a field goal? Because I'm like, look, you got to walk out of here by any way, any means necessary to get a win. Like, mm-hmm. do not play for overtime because you like if we go to overtime, St. Louis is going to win, and that's how I feel. <laughs>
0: That's when, like you know, Madden wasn't the only person in the stadium that felt that way. Pat Summerall was kind of echoing his his sentiments on the oh, yeah. podcast, a- and really? and, Char- and Charlie Weiss walked up to Brady and said, like, outlined a couple of plays, like just safe throws, like Dink and Dunk, like you just mentioned. And Brady went back to Bledsoe and said, "This is what they want me to do." And Bledsoe said, "F that, go out there and sling it, and, fuck
2: that, and, and sling it." At, and, but look <laughs> at it from look at it from the standpoint of. John Madden and Pat Summerall. I mean, John Madden is arguably one of the best coaches, at least of his time. And there's a minute 37 left. You have the ball on your own 17 yard line. You have one timeout and it's a tie game and you're a 14 point underdog. I, I I agree with all of you that, that they, they should have done what they ended up doing, but I can understand where they're coming from ar- arguing that point and saying it because what are the odds you're going to drive 83 yards or, you know, what ended up happening here to, to get to this point. And, and I mean,
1: and, and, and so I, this is, this is a drive that is so important that there's something where I do kind of want to go through this and I want to look at every each play that happened here. All right.
3: Like, so to speak to, to piggyback off what Joe said, so, um, saying that he, you know, saying that you understood about them maybe trying to play it safe. Well, the play, the play before the, the first half, that let me know right there they're looking to win this game. Yeah. When you throw mm-hmm. the you throw the mm-hmm. touchdown There is no, well, I'm going to play it safe. We'll just see. No, we are coming here to win. No one in this building thinks that we're going to win this game. We're we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going uh, to give it to these guys. You can't you can't think. I mean, I'm not saying that that's how you felt. I'm saying like, and that was no, no. like, no, When you ha- you have to say, you know what? It's time to go home. We're coming back to Boston Super Bowl champions for the first time.
2: It's another nod to Drew Bledsoe, isn't it, Mike? Yes. Like, oh yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah, like he, he walks over to his guy, like Tom, Tom little Tom Brady, walks over to, to Big Brother Drew Bledsoe and says, "This is what they want me to do," and and he says, "Don't listen to Dad. Go out there play and win an effing game. Just win the game." And and Bobby, go, go ahead because I mean, my the 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 first name you're going to say on play one is my mm-hmm. unsung hero for this entire game and this entire season, and yeah. he's a guy that. You know his his career didn't go anywhere, Mm-mm. but if he <laughs> is not there, this does not happen. Right.
1: right, and even so, so you remember that first play. the The first play is really what determined. The first three plays is what determined whether they went for this or not. So, first play, Tom Brady almost gets sacked. The Very yeah. first play of the yeah. drive, this dude almost gets sacked. If he goes down, that's it. We're going to overtime. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't. He shovels it off to Jair Edmond. He gets five yards. Next play, another dump off to J.R. Edmond. Eight yards. Next play incomplete. Almost sacked again. But it's first down. It's first down. First and right. But then the next play is is honestly the play of the game. This this oh, yeah. as as this is the most significant eleven yard dump off. In the history of the NFL because J.R. Redmond makes such an unbelievable play, something that we never really saw out of this guy. He catches a dump pass probably about three yards past the line of scrimmage, makes three Rams miss, and somehow gets from the right side hash mark to the far hash mark all the way over to the sideline and somehow gets out of bounds to stop the clock. Without that play? Tom Brady doesn't go down as one of the greatest clutches quarterbacks in Super Bowl history.
2: The Patriots actually had no timeouts coming into this drive. So Mm -hmm. that makes that even more impressive is that the fact that he had to get all the way across the field, dodge three defenders and get out of bounds in order to give this team some time. And that, that play happened with 41 seconds left on the clock.
1: Right. So without that, so let's say he, he doesn't get out of, out of bounds, right? By the time Brady gets up there to spike that ball, 20 seconds, maybe 15, maybe maybe enough time for one 15, 20 yard pass on a hill, Mary, but no, he gets out of bounds next play incomplete. Then the next play is what really set it up to the point where we're like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. Troy Brown for 23 yards. There wasn't a better person on the team that I would have rather had catching that ball. Yeah. Troy Brown personified the Patriots, like we said. So the fact that he was that main contributor in that last drive, made that play and got them into that final field goal range, just made it even sweeter.
2: Well, I mean, and then, and then you, you do have two more plays. And one of my favorite plays, it's the next one. And when you read this, it, when you read the box score, and this happens in baseball all the time, when you read the box score, it doesn't give you the emotion of the play. Second and four – Tom Brady spikes the ball. Mm -hmm. It is the hardest you will ever see any quarterback spike the ball into a turf field in the history of football. And if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, go back and watch it.
1: Doesn't he He catch it? He spikes it so hard,
2: he catches (laughs) it. But the magic of that play is the amount of confidence that not only he has in himself, and it was kind of an F you to Charlie Weiss and John Madden, who he didn't hear say what John Madden said, but it was a vote of confidence into one of the best kickers of all time in the NFL. It was 17-17, and you just set up Adam Vinatieri for a 48-yard field goal in a dome. With that, and, and I just, I look back on that spike and how hard he spiked it, and he caught it, and I, that, that's the biggest vote of confidence anyone will ever give a player on their team in the history of sports, in my opinion. And and,
1: and as soon as, so we'll, we'll just go right to it. As soon as, as soon as he touched that ball, that was one of the most beautiful and perfect field goals I've ever, it, it couldn't have split those uprights more. And in that moment, that moment of first championship glory that we've all felt and the Patriots are super bowl champions that, that, tone that that call is something that to this day all randomly it'll randomly just pop into my head and it's just like the feeling that it left you with the first time in our entire lives guys we were champions
2: we were and that's what started the whole you know uh bobby i i remember it too and what was amazing about this was Um, we were so high up in the Superdome that a kick didn't even reach us like it. We were looking down on kicks. It it was, it was insane. And, and watching that kick go through the uprights and seeing my father, who had been a a fan of this team for 42 years, had invested so much time and money into this team um, for the last uh, 20 years. It just, um, to see, to see him cry at the fact that the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, Dad, sorry about that. Uh, but to, to see him, that might have been the first time I had seen the man, or at least recognized that I had seen the man cry. And it meant so much to him. And that's how I knew it meant so much to me. Watching the New England Patriots uh, hoist the, the trophy, I mean, it was just a, it was the greatest moment for me that we will talk about on this <coughs> podcast um for for the next 11 episodes after this i mean it was well, just mm. absolute euphoria in, in it's the only way. word and it, it didn't feel right. real at first and and i have i have one last story but I, now that we've talked about it
1: yeah yeah mike what do you what do you <laughs> what what were your memories of this because if there's three patriots fans that i know more than that bigger Patriots fans that I know is you three right here. So you're you three having the perspective of being these lifelong Patriots fans going through all this. How did you feel when that went through?
0: Yeah. So for me, like this is, uh, I think, I think the the word like yeah, euphoric is, is the perfect word to say. I mean, unreal. Um, I had watched probably every Patriots game, uh, since I think like 1994 I think that I can remember, right? Cause I'm sure it was on before that, but I don't actually remember it until like I I, I remember Bledsoe, Coats, and then when they drafted Terry Glenn, and in, uh, in, in 96, um, you know, I, I watched every game with my dad, and my dad actually passed away in the spring of 2001, so he never saw them win the championship. That's right. So for me to 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 to, to just be there, at, you know, 12 or 13 years old and see it happen, it's like. Oh my god like there it, it, it hits me now it's like there are people that that waited all their life 70 years 80 years 90 years, and never saw it and we we were all you know 11 12 13 14 in that age range and and there it was and so it was like it was just one of those moments like I'll, I'll always remember where I was who I was mm-hmm. with and mm-hmm. like what and like what it sounded like in the room that I was in when that yeah. gig went through yeah um, so, I mean, my, I don't have such a,
3: you know, sweet story to tell about that. I remember my mom, like I said, I'm, like I said, I'm going nuts in the house. And my mom was like, yes, they won. Get your clothes out, get ready for school tomorrow. <laughs> you know? And I was just like, I don't care about school right now. Like, oh my God, like what the challenge was. But, um, I thought about my grandmother though, because my grandmother was more so like a, you know, baseball fanatic than anything else, but. I remember her saying, um, cause she was, so that was in, that was 02. So she was 78 at the time. Yeah. She was 78. And I remember her saying, she was like, I never, cause she was born 1924. So she was like, I never thought I would see an, a Boston team win a championship. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I, I have a better story for when, you know, uh, Oh yeah, four, but, yeah, but that, that was the whole different thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, that, that day she was like, I never thought I'd see a Boston team win. Um, I mean, she saw the something, but she was like, she didn't care so much for basketball. But she was like, I didn't think after the 60s we would see another team win. Because she remembered 75. She remembered uh, 86. Um, you know, even with the Red Sox stuff, she remembered uh, 95, 98, 99, 2003. So, well, that's before that. But yeah,
1: and and- it, it was crazy and you're right that's that's what made this so special because i had the same type of story with my grandmother where my grandmother uh you know we know i i didn't get along much with my grandmother growing up uh i didn't always think she was the nicest lady in the world but if there's one thing that that i've ever heard joy come out of her mouth is when the patriots won that super bowl she called uh my mom and left the happiest voicemail on her answering machine that i've ever heard anyone it just was ecstatic screams for about 20 seconds and then just was we won we won i can't believe it we actually won and that was the feeling across the entire state and across the entire region and honestly across the entire country because we were america's team at this point everyone was rooting for us no one thought we could do it guess what we did
2: well, we unseated the Kings in a lot of ways. I mm-hmm. mean, it, you know, the the Rams had won in '99. Uh, they were the greatest show on turf. I mean, you, you don't get a nickname if you're if, if it doesn't work. The Steel Curtain, the Purple People Eaters, the greatest show on turf. I mean, it does. It just doesn't happen, right? So the Patriots come in here and you know, it, it it's literally. Starts in week two. Like it started in week in week one, as Bobby said. I mean, they lose, and it's like that's it. And then in week two, the one of the highest paid players in the NFL goes down because he gets smoked by Mo Lewis. And little did we know that Mo Lewis now deserves a, a Super Bowl ring. And you, the season is still rocky for a couple weeks, and then it gets to that San Diego game, and you're like, all right, there's something happening here. And then it gets to the St. Louis game, and you're like man, that's a great team, and we only lost by seven. And then you're blowing everybody out, and you blow everybody out after that St. Louis game. And then you get to John Gruden's Raiders, and there's just – you don't stand a chance. You don't stand a chance against that team, and yet mm-hmm. you win the game. And then you go to Pittsburgh, and they've already booked their hotel. Their families are coming down. They're going and – they're already in New Orleans. And you beat them. And then you get to hoist the Lamar hunt trophy on their field. And then you get to sit to to New Orleans against St. Louis and they've already got their parade set up and scheduled for the next Tuesday and you beat them. And it's like, nobody, this is why the Patriots to this day play the underdog card. It's why Bill Belichick plays it. And it's why he's such a mastermind because this season right here Mm -hmm. and it i i think it's safe to say um no matter who i'm talking to in this room that this is as a new england sports fan this is the one that not only started at all that but that we remember the most yeah i just i i just remember at the end of the game, walking out, the and la- the, the last story I have from this that this day is walking out, and those same guys in the camper next to us who are, who are basically from the same town Greg and I are from, and walking out, and, and um, they're absolutely smashed. They're out of their mind. I mean, their team just won the Super Bowl, and they've been drinking for God knows how long. And we get back – And one of the guys says to my dad, you guys coming to Bourbon Street with us? I was 13 years old. I said yes, by the way. I was like, hell yeah, I've heard about Bourbon Street. I'm going. And my dad was like, no, nah, man, he's
1: 13. Like, we're gonna if go. I was your dad, I would have been like, okay. hell yeah, we're going well, to Bourbon Street. But, <laughs> but,
2: but, yeah, I know, right? But would we have ever, like, you know, I look back on it and go, this was an experience I may never experience again. I know so many people that have been to all the Patriots Super Bowls or everything else. And I think that's what makes it special for me, is that it was the first one that I had been to. It was the first one they had ever won. And it was against this great team after coming off a of Super Bowl five years earlier, where they just got their teeth kicked in. And mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, Rayshon, I mean, that's a that's still a good story, man. And I mean, Bob, that's we all have those stories around these big moments. And uh, and I mean, Mike, I mean, that's that story is almost bigger for you than it is for any of us. I mean when you lose somebody so close and then your team that you followed with them, it's like, you can't help but wonder, you know? And and it's just, it's amazing. It it really is amazing what sports does. And I I can't, I could literally, we could stay on this call for uh, three more hours and give Craig 17 more episodes. Uh, Leave that part in. Just based off this. Just based off this is just the feelings you felt, man. And, And I just, I, 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 I'm so glad we're doing this for this reason to bring these memories up. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't even know. I'm speechless. Second time. Second time.
1: This time it's not even technical related. It's no, crazy. It's not. <laughs> Leave that in Craig. All right. Just, just, just because, you know, I, I do want to kind of get our final thoughts on here. Finally wrap this up. You know what I mean? Because so 2001, like we all said, it, it is the most memorable of all just because it was the first. That's, that's why it's most memorable for me, not because of what it meant. You know, it doesn't have that deep meaning that it has for you guys, which, which is amazing, which is why this podcast exists exactly for those stories, which is why I was so excited to do this. But this stands out to me just because it really was that first moment where as a young sports fan, I was like, wow, this, this, this is what it feels like to be a champion this this feeling right here is something that i want to happen so much and, and the funniest part about it is like yes it happened a lot but i'll never forget my dad looking at me after they won i was like dad i can't wait to do this again and he looks at me and goes probably gonna have to wait a long time i, right? I had my the dad, exact same dad, conversation dad, how wrong you were all right so wrong in fact we're gonna have about 12 more episodes to tell you about it <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think
0: just, I mean, just, just looking at this entire season, I, mean, I think, you know, I think the personal stories that we all just kind of told, especially like in the moment when they won, just does a a, a great job in, in terms of buttoning up the entire the entire thing, right? Like the country wasn't mourning, right? Mm-hmm. There was, we I mean, there was just this, and there's never been uh, since then the type of, of of unity that there was in a country since like after 9-11. Those, those like, those months um, after it, like, everyone felt like they were like they were part of one team. I think, uh, you know, it, it just happened to be the Patriots that encapsulated that in the sport. Like, there was not one player on that team that was more important than the other. Um, and I think that, you know, whether it's your, your – the highest-paid quarterback in the league, you know, going out with an injury and then stepping aside and just making the transition easier for Tom, coming in and throwing that touchdown pass in the, in the AFC title game, and then just – encouraging him in the Super Bowl I mean there's just there's moments like that that happen so frequently for that team in that year that it could have only been the Patriots that 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 won that year and it should have only been them and 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 I can't um I mean just I'm just I'm so happy we did this too because looking back on it man like it's it's just such a moment in, in time in all of our lives differently right that that again still 20 years later is uniting so I thought it was awesome yeah, cause I mean, like
3: you said, um, you know, about how the country was in mourning. Like I, like I remember when that stuff happened with 9-11, You know, being being in the sixth grade, and um, you know, so just to see kind of like how uh, the country, you know, came together as one. Um, how that patriot team came as one. I think from a sentimental standpoint, I think it's the most memorable. I have there's other there's other shows that we'll do this time that uh, throughout this uh, throughout this podcast that mean more to me personally. Um, you know, because of what happened, you know, after or before, mm-hmm. um, but it's just like, just from what it meant from a national standpoint, I mean, there's no other show that we'll do that will, that we'll, that we'll, that will encapsulate the moment that we had or the moment that we felt, I should say, when, uh, you know, that, that field goal goes through, you know, for the first time every, you know, hearing, like I said, in our lifetimes that a team that we loved for, that we love so much, you know, became the world champions and there was no one better than us.
1: The first time is always the most memorable. Usually, feels the best too. <laughs> Joe, go ahead. I know you were there. You experienced it firsthand, man. So, if, if sure, there's final I thoughts, ahead. I want to I want to finish up with it's You, man, go right ahead.
2: You know, it was it was such a different time in our country and in sports, wasn't it? I mean, we were just kids at the time, but you know, looking back on it, it was such a different different period of our lives. I mean, 20 years ago, it's in a lot of ways. Um, that's 25% of our lives the last 20 years. Um, and being there, having that opportunity, um, sharing it with uh, – here we go. Hang on okay. a second. Hold them back. Uh, uh, tickling in the throat. Sharing it with somebody that uh, means so much to me. Uh, Ray, I hope you cry on another podcast. God, I hope you cry on another podcast. <laughs> But just being with somebody that did
1: <clears throat> This is why, ladies and gentlemen, this is, it? This this is, is the it? exact reason why this podcast exists, because emotions like this don't happen without sports. They don't happen without championships. Joe, man, we believe me, we all feel exactly how you feel right now, man. We know. Yeah. We know.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up my thoughts with, with – um, Tom Brady on the the podium, getting the the Lombardi Trophy, and being named Super Bowl MVP, and and he looks at he looks at Drew Bledsoe with his hands on his head, and, and he says, "Craig, you can bleep this out if you want. We fucking won, like we fucking won, man. Like that is so powerful. Like, that, mm-hmm. uh, man, I." I could get into so many thoughts about Tom Brady in this, but I, I'm I'm not going to because we're gonna stay, uh, we're gonna stay where where we are in the capsule of, of 2001. But man, that guy looked up so much to number 11, and number 11 helped him so much. And you know, for him to defy what what their coaches say uh, in the Super Bowl to go and win that damn game, I mean. Dude, that's just it, – it's just – Special. That's special, sports, man. That's special. Yeah. Like – Special. No other team has done that. No other <clears> – <throat> this. you know what? And and I'll, I'll throw it out there. There's only one other team I can think of, maybe the 13 Red Sox that we'll talk about when we get there. Um, Go for it. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. But, the, but the 2008 Celtics, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I think those were the other two where you can have this kind of emotion. Um, this one just it's, it's, it's different than all of them, and I can ramble and I can go around in circles, and Craig can edit it out whatever the hell he wants. But man, this is just it, it when you when you share it with somebody that special to you and and see that game happen in front of you, man, it's it's what the last 20 years was all about, and uh, man, share it with your with everybody you love, just share it, man. Share sports, God, Bobby. I hope the Cowboys win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's honestly. <laughs> that, I gotta make that. a joke to bring me back. All right, we're good. Yeah, yo, yo, So, so honestly, that what what you're feeling right there is exactly why a this podcast exists and b why I just want the Cowboys to go to one damn Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on that while, note, <laughs> exactly on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that'll finally wrap up. Uh, Part one and two of the first episode of the Sunday Night Sports Wrap Championship rewrap for Joe Malkin, Mike Marcangelo, Rayshon Buchanan, and the greatest producer ever, Craig D'Alessandro. I'm the real BK, Bob Kelly. Uh, We'll see you next time. Keep winning those championships, ladies and gentlemen.
0: This concludes episode one of the New England Championship rewrap. Tune in next time as we revisit and relive the second title that helped build the dynasty the 2003 New England Patriots. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as our WordPress and Buzzsprout pages. If this is your first time finding us, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate the feedback. Follow us on social media. All of our links will be in the show notes. For Bob Kelly, Joe Malkin, Michael Marcangelo, and Sean Buchanan, I'm Craig D'Alessandro. Thanks for listening. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? podcast.